Curtis Kellard, aka Magic, and this is a special weekend recap edition of Blinkers Off. With Mike Summit, the host of Coast to Coast. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, Magic? Happy to be on here. Looking forward to it. Every now and then you get those podcasts where I'm not paying total attention. Yeah, viewers are going to get one of those this time. I'm in a live tournament right now. I've got a couple others going on. i got no bets left, but i got a bunch of tournaments left, including a $1,000 shot at a BCBC seat. So... What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 100. Ooh. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 200. We made it. Was this a goal? I didn't even <laughs> 200 I, is I absolutely think... nuts. Insult my queen. Yeah, I know it's just a God Stormy. Look, if this horse beats me, this horse beats me. Side, it is God Stormy who has now come away with the lead. God Stormy is in front as they come down for the 16th pole. She's in front here by two. A late run on the outside from set piece. But God Stormy has won the grade one. Four-star Dave Handicap. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 400, Mr. Summit. God damn it. Huzzah! <laughs> Took about five seconds. Good job. Way to go, buddy. Like, yeah, the mic's working. He heard me. We're good. Awesome. And I fucked it up. Okay. Gotta celebrate the little things, man. We had the long intro, too. Bringing it back for number 400. Watch. Episodes. Watch. Watch. Episodes. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show. Episode 500, Mr. Savage. Wow, 500. Huzzah! We made it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even know we were going for it. And here we are. I got to say, video and audio quality exponentially improved since those first shows. Technical difficulties, still the same. Still the same. Still the same technical problems. I do miss the live shows. It was nice when I was living in North Carolina and flying back to California, and we would do like one or two live shows every single time I was in town. Those were a blast to do. I forgot about those. I've gotten you in trouble with a couple people, Jared, Uh, but it's been fun. It it was always fun to to be able to get together and do those. The Santa Anita one, I remember specifically. That was a blast. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. That is my favorite one, too, is when we were there at the at the track at Santa Anita for that. We had to position the camera, the computer in such a way that you couldn't see the horses because we were afraid we were going to get in trouble for shooting the horses behind us. But speaking of Santa Anita, way to bring it all full circle, Mike. Santa Anita's back. It's the fall meet. Santa Anita's hosting the Breeders' Cup. It is time for the Breeders' Cup winning your in-series at Santa Anita. Kicking it off with the awesome again as part of this late pick five. But this is a great sequence. Lots of graded stakes races uh, for us to, to preview and pick from here. Yeah, four graded stakes. Uh, it was a lot of fun to handicap this card. I got to say, before we move on, though, I'm pretty disappointed in you. You did a wonderful job on that open. But you didn't even mention Casa Creed once. So I feel like it's been the horse of this show through 500 episodes. Yet somehow you even got Stormy there just to, just to throw the pie in my face during it. And no, no Casa Creed at all. That's how it is, huh? I will say two things. Number one, it's the power of being the video editor uh, versus the co-host. Number two, there's a special outro video. There might be something else coming. I don't, there is for sure a special outro video. Maybe your your whining and complaining will be uh, appeased back then. All right, I will. I will rescind my uh, my anger until I actually see the outro video as well. <laughs> Uh, as Kevin O says, it's taken 500 shows for the Detroit Lions to be good. <laughs> While you say that, it's Thursday afternoon. Let's see what uh, if you're still saying that uh, cool. after tomorrow. Uh, the term good, yes. For the Lions, this is good, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to lose tonight. Go Pack. Uh, but anyway, we'll, you know, we can get to that to the end of the show when we talk football. 
Ah, so great. Awesome. We're going to be looking at the late pick five at Santa Anita on Saturday, September 30th, the last day of the month. The first show of <laughs> yeah, the first show of the Santa Anita Fall Meet. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Here we go, Mike. First leg of the Santa Anita Late Pick 5 on Saturday, September 30th. Race 6, the Grade 2 Santa Anita Sprint Championship stakes for 9 males, 3 and up. Sprinting 6 furlongs on the dirt and plenty of familiar faces from the older sprint division here. Uh, horses we talked about all summer long at Del Mar. They're facing off against 3 Bob Baffert 3-year-olds, each represented by Baffert's 3 biggest ownership groups in Arabian Lion, Fort Bragg, and Speedboat Beach of all horses, because why not? This Already was kind of a convoluted race. Let's throw Speedboat Beach in off of the uh, six-year layoff here in this spot. What'd you do in this race? I feel like this is a fitting one to start out with episode 500. We have all our old friends back. I mean, American Theorem, Dr. Shival, CZ Rocket. I can't remember how many times we talked about these horses. Then, you know, Spirit <laughs> McKenna decides to jump in here uh, and probably will win the race just to screw me over, knock me out of this ticket after I've been on Spirit of McKenna the last two races. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put Speedboat Beach on top. I'm going to go with the wild card here. Give me the Baffert that's 12 to 1. You're right. We haven't seen this horse in forever. But it's really an interesting spot to throw him in here. I, I was surprised to see Speedboat Beach at this level right out of the gate, especially when you have Fort Bragg and Arabian Lion in here. I think Speedboat Beach is the speed of the speed. We know how dangerous he can be when he gets on dirt and gets the lead. Uh, I realize that he has never been able to replicate that uh, that first out buyer, the 104. Tried turf the next three races. Always surprised me a little bit that they didn't send him back to dirt earlier. But then you look at those last two works, man. I mean, 46 flat out of a gate, first of 88, 59 flat, one of 23, a bullet work. Even the one before that, two of 37, 59 and one. It seems like Speedboat Beach is ready to go. I think he's the fastest horse in this race. I think he gets to the front. And it's whether or not a couple of these can run him down. I, I'm hoping that uh, we don't have to, that the layoff isn't what gets him in the end. He's a little bit tired toward the wire. But give me Speedboat Beach at 12 to one. I'll take the other, other Baffert on top. How did you think he goes off that? Because I respect the, the hell out of John White, who does the morning lines. And you've got three Bafferts in here. And the 2021 race winner, Dr. Scheibel, who was, what, a neck away from winning the Bing Crosby. Like, 12-1 to 1 would, at first glance with a horse that owns a track record and is only starting on dirt. Is that weird? Is it like, we're thinking 8-1, to 6-1? to Because I know, like, for example, Rodney loves him. Rodney's not the only one who's going to love him. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be shorter than American Theorem. He's not going to be the same price as, as CZ Rocket, but... Uh, the what your your point off the bat was look look Arabian Lions taking money Dr. Shivel's taking money Fort Bragg is taking money Spirit of McKenna takes money every single race I, I would be surprised if it's not eight to one or better here okay well I did use him here uh I went three deep but actually we both went three deep so Mike and I went th in various races went three by three by three by four by one so we have the same $54 ticket same kind of uh, number of horses overall being used and we agree on this horse here. I didn't make it my top pick, but at everything that you nailed, this horse is just all gas. If he gets left alone early, three's not going to push him. Is the two? Probably not. You know, you would you be a little surprised by that. I did put Arabian Lion on top. I mean, he's the best of the three three-year-olds in this race. I think um, he can lead. He can press. He can stalk. He can do whatever you need him to do. And it's interesting that you get Edwin Maldonado to ride him here uh, when Ramon Vasquez rode him for his debut win, Arabian Lion. But... Um, this is a horse that I read Ortiz Jr. loved a lot and that Velasquez was riding all over the country until uh, he decided to stay in New York this weekend to ride charge it. So good luck to you, Johnny V. Um, I think if you scratch off the the mud uh, for the Jerkins for both Arabian Lion and Fort Bragg, I think they both have reasons to continue improving and, and be solid here. Yeah, they do. And I, I, the pace is going to be really interesting here because really, in my mind, Arabian Lion and Fort Bragg are the two that could push Speedboat Beach. I think Speedboat Beach is clearly the fastest, and I, I would expect that there's not going to be a Baffert pushing a Baffert. We rarely see him really say, okay, we're going to send two horses. I, I think this is Speedboat Beach goes. Arabian Lion and Fort Bragg kind of mess a little bit with Dr. Shival and try and get him behind both of them. So he's coming, trying to come around four or five horses to be able to win this race. 
And I think he tries to set it up so that Speedboat Beach with Arabian Lion and Fort Bragg right behind him, which would make it a little bit easier for both of them to win if Speedboat Beach does back up for some reason. So the fact that the three Bafferts make up the pace was one of the reasons I put Speedboat Beach on top here. Uh, I agree with you. I do have Arabian Lion in second. Uh, he has shown versatility that we don't have with a lot of these other horses where he can be in a lot of different places. I also scratched off the mud race. I mean, Look, New York Thunder also ran absolutely huge in that race and then ripped the hearts out of both Arabian Line and Fort Bragg. So I'm going to cross that one off just as a funky race, say, okay, we're back to California, back to where Baffert does best. I think Arabian Line runs a big race. I think he's probably going off favorite over Dr. Scheibel here. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I think so too. And I was going to ask you about that. Like, does the presence of having three Bafferts somehow make him more playable? But I think he's going to be like eight to five. And I think Dr. Shiloh is going to be closer to two to one, five to two. Yeah, I agree. I'd flip those two odds. I think Fort Bragg is going to be lower than six to one as well. This is going to be an interesting race just to see kind of how it gets bet because look, like I mentioned Spirit of McKenna. This horse has been bet pretty heavily in both of the last two races was four and a half to one. And then two to one was a 90 cent favorite. The race prior to that, that was at Santa Anita going seven furlongs. He's three for three at Santa Anita. The trips in the last two leave something to be desired as well. Just from a, a, a pace perspective was a little too close to really hot pace Two back. Got himself some trouble last time out or was got himself in trouble two back and was too close to the pace last time out. So I think Spirit of McKenna takes money again, too, which should give you some value on a couple other of these in here. I'm not sure how much CZ Rocket takes, how much American Theorem takes, but a wide open race to kick it off. I did use Dr. Scheibel as well. That was That's my third horse in. I respect his ability as simply the best older horse in this race. Uh, three for five at Santa Anita, five for eight at the distance. I think he makes a lot of sense. He has been able to come from just off the pace before, which is what he's going to have to do if he's going to be able to get the job done here. Uh, Bing Crosby, I thought, was a little bit better than it actually looked. He broke pretty slowly. He was in the 11 post, uh, made a big run, just missed that day. I like the fact he was able to pass horses. So I went with the two, three, eight here to try and get through this one. Maybe if I stop picking Dr. Scheibel, he'll win one of these. Is that, I mean, if you watch the show, if you've been around with us for a while, I pick this horse every time. I love him. I know the owner and, and uh, one of the minority owners and, and co-breeder very well. And, and, you know, we always love the violence horses on the show. Right? That's another one I didn't have in the intro was violence. But uh, uh, Walking Thunder, by the way, Walking Thunder just missed the cutting room, made it on the cutting room floor. We almost kept him in there. Um, along with Walking Thunder. That was, yeah, that's what almost made, made it in the show. Um no, it's I. As far as I survive, I feel like if all these horses run at their best, I think he gets beat. I think it's close, but I think he gets beat. I wish he was kind of drawn more outside. I don't love the two post for him in here. Um, but I also did use Fort Bragg. I went three deep. This is the last one for me. If there's a speed battle with the two, three, the eight, if they all somehow get sucked into something, I think he's going to be sitting right behind them, ready to pounce. You talked about Speedboat Beach's forty-six flat four furlong work from the gate. He worked with Fort Bragg in that work they have the same gate 46 flat for for a long time so um i think this horse is and, you know since he cut back to to sprinting this is you know you you were ahead of this well before anyone else right um he's been a lot better at one turn uh, you know he came within the neck of beating general jim when that horse was fantastic this spring he beat saudi crown who just won the grade one pennsylvania derby I, again, I blame the mud and the awkward break in the jerkins for why he didn't work out. My one concern with him, or my, I should say my biggest concern and why I almost didn't use him, six furlongs might be too short for him. I feel like if this was seven, I'm like, hell yeah, Fort Bragg. I'm a lot more confident, but then I'm also more confident in Arabian Lion when it's seven furlongs. Anyways, I, I, yeah, that, did the six furlongs, is that what kept you away from Fort Bragg? Is. Yeah, he's never gone six furlongs in his life. Uh, I, I like the idea of him cutting back, but I like him at that one turn mile where his speed and his ability to come from just off it really allow him to be able to be even more dangerous. I'm afraid this is might be a little too fast for him early. Like I know someone, uh, a car Ramrod mentions in the chat, American Theorem comes from off the pace. I think if this melts, it's actually Fort Bragg <laughs> is the one that picks up the pace here because I don't yeah. expect Fort Bragg to be as forwardly placed at six as we saw him at a mile and at seven furlongs. So I think a pace meltdown actually gives Fort Bragg a better chance. Uh, we'll see what happens there just from the pace because that to me, that is the most interesting part of this race is how fast they go early. Are we going to see a 22 and three? Are we going to see a 21 and four type opening quarter? That's going to determine a lot of this race. I think it's going to be one of those races where they may be fast first quarter, but the second quarter might slow down because there's no impressing Speedboat Beach during that second quarter. And then we'll see how it shakes out turning for home. But it's a wide open race. We didn't even mention the seven Sir Atticus, who's a horse mm -hmm. taking step up in class here for 
uh, for John Sheriff's got Mike Smith on it. I consider this one as well. There's nothing on the paper that says this horse compete with this field, but that race to back at Delmar, I thought was very good coming from just off the pace where he sits is going to be interesting as well, because I do think Sir Atticus has the talent. I think it might be just a little bit too high of a step up for him. Well, the great two Pat O'Brien, he's one of the horses I used in that race and that didn't go well for him. Um, he just kind of ran in place. And so I'm worried with the, the speed of the elite speed that you have with Speedboat Beach and Arabian Lion and Dr. Shivel. I think that it's I think you're going to see him run in place and then off the turn, just kind of stay in place and get past, you know, he'll fade with the with the stumble bunnies and then he'll, you know, the, the closures like your American theorems will run right past him. But we definitely agree, at least on Speedboat Beach. An Arabian Lion, the second leg of the late pick five at San Anita on Saturday, September 30th. Race seven, the only non-stakes race, 11 cowbred maiden two-year-old fillies sprinting a flat six and a half furlongs on the turf. Note, this is six and a half, but we're not going down the hill. We're coming out of the chute on the backside. Where'd you go on top here? I went with the five horse, Kits Katsy here, cutting back a little bit in distance last time out a mile over the Del Mar turf. That was the first time trying the turf. I thought it was a better effort than what you see on paper. The comment is just rough trip, and it was definitely a rough trip for this horse. I had some trouble around the first turn, had some trouble around the second turn. Never really got to run all the way in the lane either. I think Kits Katsy is going to be a little bit closer to the pace than what we saw that day. Uh, We saw a a decent race first time out on the dirt, but this one, you know, Sir Prance a lot. It's kind of more of a turfy pedigree to me here. Face who mm-hmm. takes them out. Love me some face who specifically with Doug O'Neill. And this race, not a bunch of really good turf sprint trainers. Doug O'Neill at 15%, one of the few turf sprint trainers that I that jumped out to me. I, I thought this was a race where you could try and find a little bit of a price. I put the five kits caddy on top. I used her. I, I went three deep here and definitely used her. Uh, one thing you didn't mention, she was five to two in that yeah. race on the turf. Yeah, and legitimate excuses. Super rough trip. And now she's eight to one. And the only thing that's really changed is instead of going two turns and eight furlongs, now we're going six and a half in one turn. I think cutting back, there's two horses cutting back from this race, and I don't have any interest in the other one. I think it's going to help her a lot because you know that the six and a half, instead of it being five or six, she's going to be able to handle the distance or should be able to handle it. So I agree with you on the five kids, Katie. Top pick for me, number four, Asada Fries, which every time i doing this at lunchtime, handicapping at lunch, Bad idea. I immediately got very hungry at this. Uh, horse on debut, bet down to two to one. Broke slow, finished pretty well. Tried dirt at the end of the Del Mar meet. There wasn't a, a turf sprint that lined up for this horse. So they were like, all right, let's throw around the dirt, see what we can do. Again, slow at the start, finished well. The winner was a gate to wire runaway freak, even money favorite. And, you know, huge effort from that, uh, from Marinda, that Calbred. Uh, so now we come back to the turf. Uh, six and a half shouldn't be an issue with the horse based off the breeding. The breeding also says turf. Should be good to go, and I like that we tried debuting on the turf uh, instead of debuting on the dirt. So the four Asada fries is the top pick, although it's almost going against something I usually don't like. To, I hate playing horses that break slowly. I'm going to use the four anyway. Yeah, I, I have two problems with the four for me. The, the two times breaking slowly, and, and I mentioned the lack of trainers really good at turf sprinting here. Craig Lewis, 0 for 18, turf sprints. Uh, and, and he's due <laughs> very good dirt to turf ratio. So when he goes from dirt to turf, he's 20%, but those are all turf routes. Or, and so it's a, one of those trainers where a, when you see that sample size, 18 is a pretty decent sample size. It, it made me a little less, uh, be, uh dropped a side of fries down, especially even though I have Barrios, who I, we both know I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, I went with the price in the second spot here. Give me lady lits some here. Uh, the two horse for Michael McCarthy Rispoli picks up them out. The first race for this horse was just, again, it was kind of a mess. Broke from the five post, was crowded, didn't really have any room to move early. Ended up four or five wide on the turn, kind of ran on. Franco rode that day. I like the upgrade to Rispoli here. Uh, the tandem of McCarthy and Rispoli clicking off at 24% at San Diego over the last two years, 24% as well overall. Uh, to me, these are going to be, this, this horse is going to be awfully tough here. We'll see if... If we get the step forward, I'm hoping for, but I think the added distance helps. This one's just top and bottom turf to me. I like the fact that it's a second start. McCarthy just 10% second start, but I do think it's going to have a very good chance to improve off of that race. Uh, I like these second starters a lot here, especially when we're stretching out just a little bit to see if we can get that added distance to be able to help us. And I think you're going to see a lot more speed from this horse as well. I think the start specifically bothered this horse, so we didn't see the natural speed that Lady Lissom has. I think when Lady Lissom breaks a little bit closer to the pace, she's got a lot better chance. I would expect that here as long as she's able to get out from the gate clean. But the break wasn't her fault, and that to me is a big key. The break was the horses around her that made caused issues that kind of pressed her back early. I think you're going to see a different result on Saturday. Uh, we have agreement on this one as well. I used her uh, 
you know, McCarthy Maiden's second time out, they usually take a big step forward. And he says only 10%, which is surprising to me. I wonder if he's had too many of them winning first out, because usually first out, he's a single percentage guy, and then like second out, boom, that's when they're doing well. Uh, one thing he didn't mention, that was open company that she was facing on debut. It wasn't just Calbred, so she was facing um, a lot of good horses. Peter Miller had a couple in there. I know John Sadler had the winner. Uh, one horse has raced out of that since then. That horse won. So it was on dirt. It was a dirt sprint for Walensky, but um, still, uh, you know, the fact that only one horse has come out of that race and did win is, is pretty good. Um, I went with, only went three deep here. I went uh, four, two, five, kind of in order for my picks. Did you have anybody else? Uh, I did end up going three deep here. I used the seven, Petit Filet here. Uh, the connection's not very well known, uh, at least not here at Santa Anita. It's going to be the first time they run together at Santa Anita. But both of them, decent winning percentage. The trainer just two for nine, but 22%. Small sample size, but still not bad. Jockey clicking off at 20%, so a little bit better connections. I like the workouts at Los Alamitos. This horse debuted at Del Mar, an $84,000 uh, race. Actually, the same race that that two is coming out of. And I thought ran pretty well, all things considered. Broke out of the 10 post, not an easy post to break out of. First time starter, not easy post to win from. If you're going five furlongs at Del Mar, it's a significantly better post than the seven. And look, when I went through this race, there's not much speed for a turf sprint in here. I mean, you could look at the the 11 horse Safa, who trying to turf for the first time has showed speed on dirt, but but never really made the lead there. I wouldn't be shocked if the seven is the one that's just gunning early and trying to go with it. I know Annie's Fox has made the lead, but that was at a mile over the turf. So a little bit different situation there. I, I was a, I thought this was a decent race. And I, I realized the horse kind of faded a little bit, but it's tough when you're breaking from that tempo and you're trying to press the pace. And then you're four wide around the far turn to be able to continue going. And, and again, that 10 post at Del Mar when you were turf sprinting is a death like death sentence. You're not able mm -hmm. to win the race coming from that tempo. So I think the post made a big difference here. Now you get a horse second time start, logical improvement. You're getting six to one because of the connections and nothing really else. I mean, look, if this horse was D'Amato and it was Hernandez, this horse is your two to one favorite. Uh, it's got the mm -hmm. best last out buyer on turf. It's got speed. It's a second time starter. I, there's a lot of reasons to point to this horse. It's the connections that'll keep people off it. I ended up going two five seven. I, I think we should talk about the nine sassy prance a lot a little bit. Uh, mentioned mm -hmm. in, the, in the chat here, Sir Prance a lot twenty seven percent on turf sprints, eighteen percent first timers. Uh, this one's interesting. Six to one on the morning line. We'll see what the bet uh, if this one's get bet down. Diamato's not good first time out. It's just six percent in fifty three starts. That was one of the main reasons that I ended up staying off of this horse. Uh, but I took a long, hard look at the nine-horse Sassy Prance lot, and this was actually my next horse on if I had gone four deep in this race um, and one more deeper in the entire ticket. Uh, I do have a single at the end. It's $57, $54 ticket, so if you want to add the nine here, I wouldn't uh, try and talk you off it. Yeah, what's kind of nice about Mike's nice tickets here is it's just $54 each way and, and pretty shallow in all the legs, including we each have a single in different spots. So if there's a, if you like our tickets, you're like, I kind of like this horse here, Unless it's to the sing the race we're singling, you could add another horse to our ticket and really not make it that much more expensive. So uh, the nine was fourth up for me as well, and it was just because the models one for twenty nine in the last year with first time starters. But I also, you know, I'm using time for DRF, so I can't dig in with formulator. But how many of those first time starters are at Del Mar, and how many of them are racing against each other? And you know, there's so many different layers to this. How many of them are two versus three, dirt versus turf? So it's kind of hard to to parse the figure just because of you know, it, there's so many different factors here, but, uh, you know, the, the, what I end up leaving the horse off, Mike, I don't like that the horse is a D'Amato horse and has been working at low sell. Yeah. If you were a top D'Amato horse, you were with him in Del Mar and then you were with him at Saratoga. You haven't been at Los Al working steadily since June 29th. And that's yep. kind of where I left with her. Yeah, excellent point, too. That's not the top string for D'Amato. And the fact that you're de debuting at Santa Anita at least shows that there was a little talent scene, but it's still not where you want this horse to be working if you really want to put down a big-time win bet on it. Uh, Rodney jumping in with a question I think is relevant here. How does the turf play at Santa Anita? Speed favoring, honest track. Uh, down the hill, turf sprinting, I want speed. I, I want horses that are going to be more forwardly placed. I think the turf course is fairly honest when you're going two turns, although I would say it favors a little bit horses coming from off the pace. Uh, Del Mar specifically favored horses coming from off the pace. So if you see speed and fade horses at Del Mar, I would kind of give them a second chance at Santa Anita. And I would pay very close attention specifically on both the dirt and the turf. Santa Anita and Del Mar are very different tracks. So we've got a lot of recent Del Mar form. Some horses do not like that track down there because of how sandy it is, how close to the ocean it is. The humidity is very different at the two tracks. So I, I would make sure you look at the specific Santa Anita results when you're handicapping versus 
like saying, okay, well, the last two are Delmar. Those are going to be the focus for my candy cap. I, I would go back further than that, see if horses have enjoyed Santa Anita or struggled at Delmar because often you can get prices because of the flip from one track to the other. And that, uh, those are uh, great points, and it'll come up in the last two races because we'll be on the turf for the last two. But first, we've got to go back to the dirt because the third leg of the late pick five at San Anita on Saturday, September 30th. Race 8 is the great one. Awesome. Again, stakes of winning your in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Nine males, three and up, routing a mile and an eighth on the dirt. Where did you go on top, buddy? I'll actually let you talk about who you went with on top since this is your single race, and it's also my top pick. Your top pick, but you went four deep. If you watch Blinkers Off, you know Aaron and Jared like Slow Down Andy. Mike likes Slow Down Andy. Magic Single and Slow Down Andy. Why not? Uh, what could go wrong? Listen, I, I think that it sets up beautifully for him from a pace perspective. He could wire this field very easily. He could stalk and pounce off the turn if someone ends up beating him to the punch for whatever reason. Um, say, example, the Sixth Celestial Moon if he goes crazy. This horse, I think, is going to be fast enough to, uh, or, or strong enough to be able to just get right past him at the top of the turn. I also love his effort from the Pacific Classic. Like San Diego Handicap, he was like one to five to win that off the turn. And I don't mean to bring this up for it because I know you were alive to him. But yeah. uh, he was, if he hadn't been doing so much dirty work with the other speed horses, he should have won that easily. Pacific Classic, he's not good enough to beat Arabian Night and go Rocket Ride. Guess what? Very, very few horses right now are good enough to hang with them. He finished third. It was a very good third chasing those horses. So. Uh, slow down Andy to me the more I look at this I'm like defunded can only win if he goes gate to wire I don't think he's getting to the front even though he won this race last year uh, National Treasure adds blinkers again Juan Hernandez goes there but it's freaking National Treasure like yeah. the only race you can point to is the Preakness and that's not, not good here. not getting the lead again it's going to be slow down Andy and if National Treasure goes to the lead that helps slow down Andy the only other one I liked was potentially Senior Buscador, and he's now 5-1 to one when I didn't go to the wedding, and it's going to be $108 if I used him. So single up, slow down Andy for me. Yeah, I, I have one three on top. I, so I put slow down Andy on top. I have Senior Buscador in second. I, I think both of their last two races are pretty impressive. They went 1-2 in the San Diego. They went 3-4 in the Pacific Classic. They beat the funded uh, in both of those races, and I, I feel like they are the two best horses in this race. Um, I uh, the pace is going to be interesting. Senor Buscador needs pace to be able to chase it. 0 for 1 at Santa Anita. Slotan Andy's got to win in two efforts at Santa Anita. He likes the distance. The two of them, to me, are the two most logical horses. I did use Defunded because he loves Santa Anita. And we talked about mm -hmm. how some horses don't like Delmar but love Santa Anita. I mean, this horse is uh, 5 for 9 at Santa Anita with two seconds and a third, th 3 for 6 at the distance. And when you look back at the other Del Mar races, I mean, he had two clunkers in the San Diego and the Pat O'Brien, ran well in the Native Diver, was able to win that. But there was nothing in that race. Azul Coast and Newgrange were the two horses behind him. So I think that may have yeah. been more of the class of horses behind him that allowed him to win the race than necessarily him running really well. So we just talked about how a lot of horses hate one track and love the other. To me, this is defunded loves Santa Anita and may very well just hate Del Mar. Arrogate would be a good Baffert example, of horse that loved Santa Anita, hated Del Mar. Uh, Defunded kind of feels like another one for me. So I used the one, two, three, and then I went 40 here. I don't agree with you that Slow Down Andy gets the lead. I think Stiletto Boy gets the lead. And I think Stiletto Boy has a shot at taking this field gate to wire. Uh, this horse is kind of sneaky fast last time out. Uh, he was in the Pacific Classic, was 13 to 1 that day. Awkward start, walked off the track. But if you go back to the Oakland Handicap, almost goes gate to wire there. If you go back to the Pacific uh, Invitational, almost goes gate to wire there. This horse has 46 second early half mile speed. And when you're breaking from that nine, I just don't see any other option here. I think that Stiletto Boy has to try and send and see if he can cross over. And if Stiletto Boy crosses over, I think he might be able to actually slow it down a little bit. And then we'll see if he's good enough to hold on. But I wanted to find a little bit of a price. I think it's going to go off. I think Slotoboy goes off in double digits. I think 6-1 to one is way too low in this race for him. I think you're going to see a float up because of some of the other horses in here that are going to take money. I think the Sormo sends and has a shot at going gate to wire. So this is the last horse on my ticket. But give me a little Stiletto Boy action here, baby. Well, it wouldn't be the biggest shocker to me. I'd be disappointed because I didn't use him, but... Stiletto Boy to me is kind of uh, his last two races. I mean, Pacific Classic was rough, and, and DeSormo figured out early on this horse doesn't have it today and just kind of wrapped him up and saved him, and that's fine. But the Stephen Foster, I didn't like how he really looked that day. Um, he has run well at Santa Anita. He's run very well here in the past, and he's run very well here at this distance. So I don't hate it. Uh, I think it's 6-1. to one. I think you're going to get a lot of very nice odds on him as well. So um, 
Yeah, no, I don't hate that at all. Neither of us use National Treasure. Baffert's adding the blinkers again. Can we stop with this stupid blinker experimentation on this horse? Like, we figured it out. He didn't lose the Belmont because of the blinkers. He lost because he sucks compared to Archangelo. Like, stop with the blinkers on, off, on, off. Yeah, I'm not sure that the, the whole mile and a half thing was necessarily what he wanted. Also this, that. This horse wants the lead. Like, it's just that simple. When he doesn't get the lead, he kind of collapses. We saw that in the Travers where he sat close to the pace and just wasn't anywhere near the top level of the three-year-olds. My problem is, uh, like, this is, well, it's not a phenomenal field. There's some accomplished older horses in here. This isn't like, you know, when we were talking about uh, the Pacific Classic and you saw Arabian Night and Go Rocket Ride. And we're like, look, these are the best three-year-olds that we have going right now, or two of the best four, five, three-year-olds that we have going right now. National Treasure wouldn't be in my top 10 of the three-year-olds we have going right now. So it's a yeah. large drop-off there facing some of the similar horses and is going to take some money here. Uh, to me, I, I would rather let the public bet on National Treasure and not have anything live to him and allow him to be kind of that that takeout here where we can just get past him. I, I do trust that the fund is going to be the better Baffert in this race. I don't see any way national treasure gets the lead. And that to me is a, a big problem here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like a, a move for him that they're like, well, let's, let's see. Like this is our last chance to see it. Maybe if he doesn't do well in this race, maybe that's the last you see of national treasure. Maybe, in, you know, in a week we see a, a report about now standing at, uh, just the legacy ranch in California, Preakness Stakes winner, National Treasure. Yeah, I don't understand why he's not going a mile. Like to me, I, that would be the distance I would be yeah. having National Treasure go right now. I would be seeing, okay, oh, can we compete in the dirt mile? Is that and to to kind of try and go back here and go against older horses and run a mile and an eighth? Like he's not this caliber. He just isn't. I, like we, I love National Treasure last year. I thought he was one of the better two year olds in the country, but he's not panned out at these longer distances like you'd like. And he's consistently had situations where he's just not quite good enough to be able to get the job done, even against some of the three year olds in California before the Derby. So I, National Treasure is kind of a couple over here. I wish he was running the, the mile because I think he'd have more success here at a mile. I realize he can't get the lead, but he has shown some ability at that distance to be able to come from off the pace a little bit. All right, Mike, we got two races left, and that means that the next race is the penultimate leg of the San Diego Pick 5 on Saturday, September 30th, and it's race nine. The grade two Eddie Delahousie Stakes, or the Eddie D Stakes, going down the hillside turf course, six and a half furlongs, 11 males, three and up, and we both went three deep. We both love the number seven. I'm a gambler in here. Talk about it. Yeah, I'm a gambler. Interesting horse here at six to one. I like that last race, the Del Mar Mile. I like the fact that we're cutting back here. Look, he faced Azure last time, last two times really. Faced Flavius, two back. Both of those horses have been running pretty well. It's going to be third off the layoff here for this four-year-old, so you'd expect a good run. This horse never went longer than a mile over in seas after his debut. Everything else, they've kept him at shorter distances. I think this horse wants a shorter distance. I think this seven, six and a half furlongs down the hill hits him right between the eyes. Has speeds, able to close. You face you on the board again. This horse has made the lead twice going a mile against better horses. Now we're cutting back. I think that's a good sign here for Ima Gamble, who just couldn't close out either of those races. I think he's got a big shot at a decent price here at six to one. Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, it's interesting. What price do you think we get? Do you think we get six to one on him here? Because that was an interesting point. Man, I think we get close to it. Laneway gets bet every single race. Brand, I think, yeah. is going to be bet. Balnikoff's interesting in this spot for Demato trying to trying to sprint here. Uh, I would think we're going to get somewhere around five to one, six to one. But I think the morning line is pretty good on this horse. Uh, if, you know, Frisu riding seven for 21 for glad 33% third off the layoff, all good things to like here. Uh, top pick for me was laneway and yes, he's going to get bet, but he also absolutely loves this downhill turf course Four starts. He's got two wins, uh, two seconds, uh, including second by less than a length last year in this race, uh, scratch off his last effort. We hadn't seen him in 216 days. He still ran all right to get fifth after trailing quite a bit there. I uh, don't expect to see him nearly as far back as he was there. Should probably sit mid-pack. Mike Smith knows the downhill turf course as well as anybody, including Eddie Dillow, who say so. Um, I'm going to use the six in this spot. I think you have to, as a, a, a ticket constructor, you have to decide either I'm using Laneway or I'm using Bran. I have consistently been anti-Bran and pro-Laneway, so that's where I'm going to keep riding in you have kind of been the other way, and that's where you went. Yeah, I went the other direction. I put Brand on top in this race. I think this course <laughs> is the most consistent. You talked about loving the downhill curve, turf course. Well, guess what? Brand, two for five with the second and the third, also loves this downhill turf course. Uh, I think Brand has just a bit more speed early. I think it's going to be interesting where they kind of set up and how they set up. Uh, 
look, the one thing I will say for Laneway, uh, you Mandela second off the layoff, 23%. Uh, so pretty good numbers there second off the layoff. You would expect a step forward. But Brand here late in the five-year-old season, coming off an even longer layoff, a full year layoff of that last race. I think you definitely think that horse needed one. Now we get a better effort here. We get a better, we should get a better trip here. Loves the downhill turf course, gets JJ Hernandez a top rider. So I think it's all systems go on the on the two-horse brand. I did go 3 deep here, and I'm going to include the five-horse Noble Reflection. Three for four over the Santa Anita downhill turf course. So absolutely loves that. I'm sorry, three for four of the Santa Anita turf course, one for one over the downhill turf course. Also, the best buyer of his career came downhill turf course, and that went gate to wire. Guess what? No reflection going to get the lead in this race. <laughs> I know that with all the speed. I still think no reflection is the fastest horse. He's going to play some little catch me if you can. We talked about like where you want to be on the San Diego turf course. Being in the lead, going down the hill, pretty good spot. Uh, I think that's where Noble Reflection is. I think he's got a decent shot at taking this field gate to wire. Love me some six to one price. So, uh, two, five, seven for me here. You went six, seven. Who was your third horse? Or'd you go four deep in this one? I'm still confused. Luis Contreras was riding at Santa Anita this spring. He was on this horse on, on Noble Reflection twice and won both times. Huh. We need him back. Bring him back. Yeah, oh, boy, time flies. I completely forgot about that. Uh, third for me, I was between the two Demados, and I ended up going with the eight unconquerable Keen. I think that he's in a little bit better form right now than Balnikov, and Balnikov is a miler who's cutting back to six and a half for the first time. Um, he's never done one turn in America before. This almost feels like they're going, he's not good enough to be a miler out here, so let's see what else we can do with him. I don't like that feeling of six to one. Eight to one, I know unconquerable Keen is doing well. Uh He's a half length away from being three for four uh, this year. He did get the win to six furlongs. He won gate to wire in a six furlong allowance here. Um, the one bad race that he had, it was down the hill, but he had, he, the turn got him all screwy a little bit. So I'm hoping yeah. that now that he's been down the hill once, it's not going to completely throw him off again. He was also even money that day, and he's now eight to one. So I like that better. Joe Bravo aboard. Uh, he was aboard for the horse's last two starts, both very good efforts. So... I'll put Unconquerable Keen on here. I think he's going to sit right behind Noble Reflection and kind of get first run on him. And, and you know, it'll be interesting. We'll have five and eight off the turn together, I think. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for the eight to draw outside the five. Uh, I like the last two races where this horse was coming from off the pace versus being on the pace the prior two, uh, specifically that down the hill race. It just a little bit odd on the turn. Kind of was pulling a little bit early, got bumped a little bit. It just, just wasn't a clean race. So I'm willing to completely cross that one out. I just think this is a big step up in class for Unconquerable Keen, uh, going from $80,000 optionals and jumping all the way up to a grade two Eddie D. I, and as far as the one, Balnikov, look, if this was six furlongs, six and a half furlongs on the flat, I'd be a little bit more interested. But the six and a half downhill mm -hmm. is not a full six and a half furlongs because you're running downhill. You don't have that same ability to be able to come from off the pace that you do going six and a half furlongs over the flat grass. So it, feel, it feels like to me, this is going to be won by a horse that's a little more forwardly placed. And I just don't see Balnikov being forwardly placed. I also don't love the post draw from the one because they take that little bit in turn and then they cut back around. You can see him hung wide on the intern and then be cut uh, hung to the inside when you're going around the final turn. And that's not the best place to try and close from when you're going downhill. You want to, if you are going to try and close, you want to be sitting in like, I don't know, two, three wide mid packs. So you can swing wide right as soon as you get onto the grass again for the stretch. Balnikov may be trapped inside here or have to go all the way around wide to be able to make the move. And both of those are not very successful going downhill on the turf course. He's going to be that horse that you see as they like go over the dirt crossing. He's going to swing like eight wide when he gets the dirt kickback because he's not going to understand what the hell's happening and just going to keep going wide off the other side of the screen. And then you'll see him jog across the wire like at the end. Like, unfortunately, I love this horse. And I know you've made a lot of money betting him in the past. It's just he, it's a horse like that going down the hill. What Mike is saying is you need like a pace meltdown, like an epic pace meltdown to collapse for him uh, to help out. Um, Six and a half of Kentucky Downs would have been good for him. Yep. Yeah. He should have been there. And then the uh, freaking Brand should have. Uh, oh, no. Brand did stay out here this time. Brand won that race at Kentucky Downs last year, as I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on. The fifth, <laughs> the fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Santa Anita Park on. Wait, did I talk about mine? I didn't. Let's go back. I didn't talk about my third horse. I just realized I went four deep here. I apologize. I think I said I went three deep, and that's why we got all thrown off. Last one for me, the other Mandela, number three Sumter, fifteen to one. Reese Bully leaving the eight, uh, or leaving the um, is the eighth he was on? No, it was the seventh. Uh, but this horse has two wins, a second and third down the hillside turf course. Adds blinkers, which is a big thing. Third off the layout, and on nine twenty two, posted a bullet work 
and then got that traditional Mandela three furlong blowout. So I like that for him at 15 to one with Reese Bully aboard in this spot. So I, I did throw him on there. I'm glad I caught that at the end. Did you have any interest in some or in Sumter at all? Uh, I considered Sumter. I mean, this is an interesting one. I mean, four year old making that third start off the long off the longer layoff. I think and ran against some pretty good horses the last two as well. Turn on the Jets. Uh, I believe took that field gate to wire there uh, to win a hundred thousand dollar allowance. Then Dejour in the mile last time. This was the horse to set the pace. Going to have to have a little bit different of a trip, be able to come from right off the pace to win, but. Uh, like at 15 to one, I don't hate it um, and has been able to do that going five furlongs actually broke the maiden sitting just off the pace turf sprinting at Del Mar uh, positioning is going to be a big question here. I think you're gonna have to see a, a big time jump up like a, a good book 5% improvement here from the best effort to be able to win this race. But again, third out as a four year old late in the four year old season, you're getting Rispoli you're getting 15 to one. I wouldn't talk you off it. All right, now, fifth and final leg of the San Diego Late Pick 5 on Saturday, September 30th, race 10, the Grade 2 City of Hope Miles Stakes for nine older males going two turns on the grass here. And when I saw the field come out, I thought, oh boy, I know who Mike's top pick is going to be. He loves this horse, probably going to get good odds on him. And then I saw the Santa Anita press release that said, Ronis Racing's French Bread Twist could be the horse to beat in the City of Hope Mile. And I thought, well, Mike's not getting a good price on his boy. So you decided to single the number seven twist. Yeah, give me twist, man. We talked about this horse. Uh, it was a, was a best bet for me on Dude's Who Bet Daily opening day at Del Mar. The horse looked phenomenal that day. Absolutely exploded and won. Last race was it got like all kinds of trouble. I mean, if you go back and watch that race, it was the start wasn't great. There was traffic all over the place. Wasn't able to run late. Still ran a really good fifth against DeJour in a race that we've talked about quite a bit this day. If this horse actually can run to the talent, I think Twist is the best horse in this race. That's saying something with Hong Kong Harry in here, who's very, very good over the Santa Anita track, very good at a mile. I think Twist is just better. And to me, this is a great race to single because you're going to see money come in for Ward C and Hong Kong Harry. Flavius might even take a little bit. You're going to see Ka Kathleen Peak take money here. Uh, I rodeo on the outside, probably taking money as well. This is a separator single here and allowed me to be able to use horses I wasn't going to and keep the ticket pretty cheap here at just $54. So single up twist here, who I think was probably the best horse in all three of his American races and two of the three had a boatload of trouble. So we just need a clean trip here. Barrios, just just bob and weave, baby, bob and weave. And oh, by the way, one time he's won in the U.S. Who wrote him, Magic? Barrios Hector. Yeah, getting back go. aboard him here. Yeah, yeah, I used him here. I This is my top pick. I went three deep here. And uh, but yeah, this was my top pick as well. And a lot of that's. Uh, Thanks to you and Kay. Cash Alley Surf says I've liked that horse and, and always liked that horse too. So uh, good to see some sharp handicappers getting in on that horse. Uh, I Listen, I like the horse. I get why you're singling here. But last time I checked, this is still Southern California turf route racing. That means Phil D'Amato's got horses and I'm going to use the both of them. Hong Kong Harry, Kath can peak. I'm chalking out in this last leg because I think these are by far the three best horses. Hong Kong Harry gets JJ to hop aboard. Won five of six starts in 2022, but he's over three in 2023. I think this uh, the jockey move will help him. I think that they'll have enough speed, like bad speed, to chase into. You know, Flavius, no thank you. Astronomer, no thank you. I think that that's going to help him a lot here. And as far as Catherine Peak goes, form's been pretty spotty, but we're back at Santa Anita, and he has two wins in three seconds and five starts here. When you were talking about that earlier. Del Mar and Santa Anita are not the same. Some horses like Del Mar. Some horses hate it. Catherine Peak does not like Del Mar. But he's been in Santa Anita in the winner's circle with Dr. Tang and I. So, damn it, he's going to do it again, possibly, in the City of Hope Mile Stakes. So, I want 7-4-8 here, but I absolutely respect um, singling the 7-twist. And you know that that one win, the only race he's used Lasix on the page right now. For Catherine Peak you're talking about? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. That, yep. Yeah, uh, I, look, I don't hate these two horses. I don't. I just, to me, this was one of those where if I want to be able to spread earlier, because I, I considered just going 3 1 uh, in the awesome again. I considered just going 5 2 in that turf race, trying to separate in the second race. Uh, but I thought this was the, the best way to try and separate here. I, I just, I think Twist is the best horse. And I, I think that if Twist can get a better trip, and honestly, like you go two back, drew the 1 of 11 post at Delmar. Last two time, drew the 9 of 10 post. Neither of those are great posts. Now you're getting a better post here, mid pack. I think probably sits third behind the speed, gets first run, gets covered up. Like the trip should favor twist as well. So I'm going with my boy. Hopefully this horse can uh, can get it home for me again. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Episode 500 of the Magic Mike Show covering Sanita's late pick five on Saturday, September 30th. If you are watching 
Uh, take a look down below. We'll post our tickets up there. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, if you've been listening for 500 episodes, thank you very much. We'll read out our tickets one last time. We both have 50 cent denominations. Both have $54 totals. To get there, I'm going to go 348 with 245, single the three, then 3678 and 478. Mr. Samich. 50 cent ticket for me. Going to be 54 bucks as well. I'll go 238 with 257 with 1239 with 257 with 7. My boy Twist to close it out. 54 bucks for 50 cents. Ooh. Yeah. Rob. Rob. Boy. You about to get put in the timeout for that one. Travis Kelsey catching sixes on and off the field. That is going to, like, thank God uh-uh, the uh-uh. aren't a big part of our demographic or else you would be in trouble on Twitter right now. Literally, my wife just left the house. She said, fuck this, I'm out. I'm out. 500 episodes in, this was my breaking point. Was was someone taking a shot at Taylor Swift? So she's going to be at the Jets game on Sunday. I'm waiting for them to put an over-under prop on how many times she'll be shown during the NBC broadcast. I don't think they could put it high enough. No, no, I don't think they could. And I, I understand Jared on on Blinkers Off was complaining about this. Um, from a pure sports fan perspective, like you just care about the sports. You like, I understand the Chiefs were demolishing the Bears, but he's a Chiefs fan. He wants to see it happen. He doesn't care about the Taylor Swift stuff. But this is the best thing that could ever happen to the NFL in terms of like their advertise, like their advertisers for that NBC show. They're like. They're on both noses, just snorting the cash out, just trying to like because they want to be on because they know all the eyes are going to be on that. I my mean, wife's was, asking me about football, and I'm like, I don't even know these questions. I, yeah, I I'm getting sent TikToks from my female cousin and my wife about Travis Kelsey because of the Taylor Swift thing. His jersey sales went up 400 percent this week, 400 percent, just to show you how this how people buy it. And the demographic from 12 to 18 year old females was up. 53% to watch that NFL game. <laughs> just, just uh, So they're not watching for the Chiefs and the Bears. I, I do love all the jokes, too, that Travis or that uh, Taylor Swift must actually really like Travis Kelsey to watch the Bears and the Jets in back-to-back weeks because that's <laughs> the two games that you get to see. Uh, God, I, would, I, I wish she was the Super Bowl artist because this isn't going to last till the Super Bowl. And if she yes! could give you the Travis Kelsey breakup song at halftime and the Chiefs were playing, I would be more excited than your coughing fit right now. That's incredible. Yeah, I was going to go there, but you beat me to it. That is. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, T-Swift doesn't look like Kelsey's other uh, other girlfriends. Yeah, Kelsey doesn't look like T-Swift's other boyfriends either. So. No, that's what I was going to say is like, I really don't understand how this all got put together. But hey, some people don't understand how my wife, you know, batted down to me because I got her. I got her drunk. That's how it happened, kids. That's how it works. You want a beautiful woman to get stuck with you? Just get them drunk. That's all it yeah. takes, right, Mike? I, I mean, that's better <laughs> advice than the other one that I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> look, honestly, though, if I could get over seven and a half, I would bet a lot of money. I think the line should be like nine and a half for the amount of times that she's put on that broadcast because that game is going to be boring as hell. And they're just they're going to show her once before the game. They're going to show her once when Travis Kelsey makes a play. They're going to show her multiple times in and out of commercials, right? Like, so you're going to get to like seven and eight really fast. And if he catches a touchdown, that's going to be another one plus the in and out of commercials. To me, I like I would expect it's going to be like twelve. Yeah, I just think that every time that they score, Kelsey makes a big play. They're just going to show her reacting. What's Taylor Swift doing? Well, she the, the hidden the hidden reason this is a good over one too. She is an excellent football watcher. Like she, if you think about her, like the VMAs when Insync came out, she looked all excited. That was a whole story. If you watch her after the touchdown, she's banging the glass on the suite and up and cheering and all that jazz. Like that matters because it gives you better content to be able to put on there. I remember Giselle never cheered, never did shit for Tom Brady from a rooting perspective. There are other things I'm sure she did well. Um, and so like they never really put her on TV all that much because she just sat there and enjoying the game, drinking a glass of red wine. Okay, cool. Taylor Swift is like, um, if she wears a Kelsey jersey, put two more on the board too. Like this, this to me is flying over if we can get a prop. I would bet Bovada does it. I'm not sure if like any of the US sports books will put it up. The breakup songs. That's what we're all waiting for, right? We know oh, it's coming. It's going to be phenomenal. Oh, that's crazy. All right. Well, anyways, that's was. uh, that was a good way to end episode 500 was talking about Taylor Swift. That was good. Um, 
yeah thank you everybody for that uh uh for the 500 episodes is like it i told my wife yesterday i was like yeah we have 500 episodes tomorrow it doesn't that's one of those numbers that doesn't even seem real it's like no nah, i don't 500 no it couldn't be but we're doing this for a little over five years and uh it's been a lot of fun so thanks you thank you mike for joining me on the ride and thank you to all our fans yeah it's been a it's been a blast magic i've enjoyed doing this twice a week for you so, i mean i probably talked to you more than almost anyone. Dr. Tang texts me more than anybody. I probably talk to yep. you more times during the week than anybody else just because two hours is a lot of time to talk to someone when you think about it. And to get to 500 shows, absolutely phenomenal. Thank you to everybody who's listened and downloaded and rated the show throughout the process. Everybody's joined us consistently in the YouTube chat. We love the chats, love the back and forth, love the handicapping, love getting other people's opinions involved. And so it's been an absolute blast to do that. Um, before we go here, Give me, I have like 10 bets on tonight's game. Now that's an exact. Sure. I got like, let's roll I love the under 45 and a half. It's still available widely at 45. I think this is an under game tonight. I like the under Lions 23 and a half specifically. That was the other one that I think is a really good play last year. They scored 33.9 points per game at home. Scored only 19 points per game on the road. Much better offense when they're in that dome on that turf. They've got a banged up offensive line as well. I think Green Bay able to keep them down tonight. Love me some teasers here with this. I think the Packers plus eight, a great teaser leg. So I tease them with Philadelphia minus two later in the week. Um, and then I also, I've sprinkled a little bit on the Packers money line as well, since I do like them in the game. Yeah, it's, this is Lions on Thursday night football in Green Bay. When things matter, this is when we, this is when we lose and play horribly. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's for the division. I mean, this is, this would be a huge game for the Lions. because It's clearly going to be a two horse race here in the division. And to me, it's like this game tonight is going to be monstrous because they have to try and hold serve if you're the Packers here at home. If the Lions can get the W tonight, they put themselves entrenched in the top of that division. We've done 500 episodes of Imagine Mike showing the Lions could be number one in the division. That's the world we could be waking up in tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellerward. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore dudes. Thank you for all the well wishes. Really appreciate it from everybody uh, trying to put, uh, let's do something crazy. Friendships forever. Yeah, this would be great. I also like Tulsa tonight. That was my best bet on the show. So, Ooh, interesting. got that going. Uh, but until, will, we, will you be available Monday? Are we do this yeah, again, we'll 501 Monday? We'll do a Monday show. All right. The new era of the Magic Mike show begins on Monday. Join us at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Do not pity the dead, Harry. Pity the living. And above all, all those who live without love. <laughs>